All right, welcome to the Antidote One podcast. Today, I have with me Bill Ryman. Bill is a real estate developer, a realtor, a broker, a podcaster. I think you're closing in on a hundred episodes now, if I'm if I remember correctly. You're a Arte Syndicate syndicate graduate. I just made that up. I'm not sure if that's really what they call you when you when you get done with the program, but there's a really cool program. I want to talk about that. And a sports car collector, which I think is really cool because I have an affinity for that growing up. I I mean, it's just recently I started grabbing all my cards out and sending them to PSA to get graded. So anyway, welcome to the Antidote One podcast, Bill. Thank you for being here. Um, why don't you... Uh, why don't you yeah, dive in, Yeah, tell, thanks. Tell us that. I mean, you're like, you got a lot going on. So like you're, you're a true entrepreneur, right? You're all over the place and in multiple spaces. So why don't you, uh, why don't you start with the real estate and tell us how you got into that, where you got started. Yeah, Chris, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. And, uh, definitely we'll talk some sports cards too, because, uh, I can go for hours on that, but cool. getting started, I mean, real estate wise, I, I've grown up in the construction business since I was a kid. My dad always did construction. He was a builder. He was in concrete. He uh, basically, you know, and obviously since I was born, he, my dad did construction. So growing up as a kid, I worked for him. Uh, even as a little kid, I remember going to job sites with him, cleaning up, doing you know small odds and ends. And then kind of as I grew older, doing the hard labor work, getting you know, actually, uh, just the stuff people didn't want to do. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, and I always tell people it was a love hate thing. You know, now I used to hate it. Uh, never thought I'd be in construction because I hated doing digging the ditches and doing all that stuff. Now I love it. It's a big passion of mine. We do residential, uh, basically sticking to that for now, eventually in the future, hopefully start getting into some bigger development stuff. But right now our, our specialty is custom homes, luxury homes. And I've kind of pushed our company more towards just doing the luxury builds now doing more 4,000 square feet and all the way up anywhere to 10,000 or up. So specialize in that in Southwest Florida, real estate kind of tied into it. That's how I got into real estate. It was something obviously goes hand in hand with construction. So I said, you know, at one time when I was going to actually leave the company, my dad working because I got sick of working for my dad and making <laughs> jump change. Uh, he actually talked me, told me to go get my real estate license. Cause I've always been good with selling and sales and so on. And he said, go get your real estate license, keep working for me, you know, and keep learning and so on. So I went and got my license and, uh, 10 years ago now I'm a licensed broker. Now I've had my broker's license for four years and we have Ryman properties. We have RK Ryman construction and I have Ryman home watch. And then also now my card business is hobby hour. So everything's kind of just stemmed off each other and the card business is kind of, it's my getaway. Let's put it that <laughs> way. It's work, but it's not work. And I enjoy right. doing it. I got an online eBay store and it's, it's a blast and have fun making some money doing that now. Yeah. I love that. I don't have a card business, but I got to say, like, I saw that, you know, you had one. I'm like, that's, that's a good idea. Like, yeah. <laughs> not that I need another business right now, but 
it's um, it's easy yeah it's easy man i mean it's it's not i mean not that it's easy i gotta ship stuff out and so on i bought a collection so it's it's been fun doing that not on top of i've just i got a lot of friends doing it in the arte syndica group that i'm in and uh they they're buying some high high-end stuff but they got me kind of into it and I've been just kind of buying cards, flipping them. It's, it's a fun investing strategy for me going on the stock market. You're just kind of like buy yeah. a stock, you know, buying a car, but buying a card, watching sports, watching a player get hyped up and making money and stuff like that. that's fun. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know about you, but for me, like it brings back, you know, good childhood memories too. Oh like yeah. Just, you know, digging through the cards and, you know, mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of good stuff there yeah um so what you well while let's stay on the card topic for a little while so okay. <laughs> um favorite favorite card do you have one right now I'm trying to think i got i got a lot of luka Doncic stuff uh that's the modern stuff i have i have a lot of griffey stuff ken griffey jr stuff out for grading i have i I want to get a Jordan rookie, Fleer rookie. I've been eyeballing them since the price has come down a little bit since the high back in February. So I've been kind of watching them and that's kind of my dream card to get. Eventually I will, but I got to kind of pump the brakes and sell <laughs> some of the stuff I got because... You know, you start, I started going through, cause obviously starting the business, I started going through what I've have invested into the business and I'm like, okay, time to pump the brakes and I'm sure. making money back now trying to play, you know, now it's time to make some money. And, but it, it's, I, I got a lot of like right here. I mean, this is for, I'm selling that it's a Zion court side. I mean, it's a rare Zion card. Yeah. There's probably 130 of them graded right now, PSA 10. And I got a ton of Luca stuff. I got boxes of stuff, you know, so it's just uh, my office at work is, you know, my business <laughs> had some cards there it's too. It's like a so. small PSA office. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy doing, I love sports. I grew up playing sports. I grew up collecting. I think I got a ton of friends calling me now, uh, texting me and messaging me. Hey man, I got cards. Can you look at these? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all think they're a lot of value, but when you actually look into the business, I mean, these things have to be pristine to get a return on them. And that's yeah. what people don't really understand. So yeah. I saw your, I think you had an Instagram post maybe a week or two ago and it, it summed up how I felt about a lot of my cards I sent in the good grade. I'm like, oh, this is definitely a 10. Yeah. And I get it back at it as a nine or, you know, an eight, five or something. I'm like, ah, it's a, yeah, it's a difference, man. I mean, it's, you can send in, I sent that Ken Griffey. I mean, that's a prime example PSA 10 and a Griffey's worth right now. I think 2,800, 3,000, something like that, but you get back an eight and eight's worth 150 bucks. Yeah. So, and that card was perfect too. I yeah. was trying to, there was no flaws, nothing. And then I get an eight and you just get slapped in the face. So welcome yeah. to the card business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I have, um, I have a bunch of Jordans. So at, at biggest, uh, mistake of my card collecting career, of course, I'm a teenager and I don't realize that I think at the time the Jordan rookie was eight or 900 bucks. And I'm like, Oh my God, this seems like so unattainable. And I remember at one point it went to like 1200 and, uh, I ended up buying his second year card and I bought a Pippin rookie, but I'm like, 
I look at it now, I'm like, so stupid, right? Like, you know, like, <laughs> so I've been doing the same thing. I am the Jordan rookie and, but it's so like, I'm so bitter with myself. I'm like, I should have bought that when I was 13 years old. We all, we all should have. I mean, even, even two years ago, the card wasn't even close to what it is now. And it, it, I'm just happy to see the hobby making a comeback. I don't have kids. I hope, but if I did have kids, it'd be something I'd be doing with them too. And I know a lot of guys that are, and it's just, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Obviously you, you can spend a lot of money doing it. I think, a LeBron uh, patch rookie patch card just sold for five point four million dollars. Yes, so that. it's it's like there's there's money to be made in it. It's another form of investing, which I'm glad it's starting to take shape into that because it's just it's fun. I mean, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad to see it coming back too. I mm. thought it was dead, and I'm like, man, it's it was for a while. Yeah, yeah. everybody yeah. had to go up in their attics and dust off all the old <laughs> stuff. And I'm sure people listening to this show are going to be like, oh, I got to go check my cards. Yeah, out yeah. Now, COVID, so. COVID gave people some things to do in the card business. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's talk about Arte a little bit. Um, for those that don't know, why don't you tell everybody what it is? I, I actually, ironically, and I, I don't know if you know Wes Sorson. Mm -hmm. um, so I ironically ran into Wes um, at a 10X Growth Con a couple of years ago. And uh, I know Arte through seeing him go through it. So why don't you tell everybody what it is? Two really big dudes running that program. Yeah. Yeah. I I know of Wes. We, we, we're going to connect on my podcast. I haven't met him in person yet. I'll probably meet him. I, there's an upcoming Arte event uh, in May coming up here that we're going to go to. Uh, and I'm sure he'll be there. So I'll probably meet him in person finally. But it, I've been in it. It started three years ago. I've been in it since day one. It's ran by Ed Milet, uh, Andy Frisilla. If you guys don't know who they are, uh, big time entrepreneur guys. Uh, social, they're on social media, big time followings as far as Andy's one of the top pod business podcasts. Same with Ed Milet. Their their shows are amazing. Andy used to have the MFCEO project. Now he has uh, the uh, Real AF, which is amazing podcast. And obviously Ed Milet has the Ed Milet show. But if you're in kind of that personal development type space journey, I highly, highly recommend it because it's I don't see myself ever leaving it. The amount of people, the network alone in it, and the amount of people I've met through it has been worth every single penny. Uh, it's been worth the whole entire total investment. Spending a little bit more this year to go to some of the main events that they're having. It's structured a little bit different than it used to be. but uh, So it's just a group of entrepreneurs, all like-minded, all different levels of business. I mean, there's multi-multi-millionaires and there's there's people just getting started that want to learn. And, and it's just, you can ask anybody anything and you'll get a response. There's private Facebook group that literally there's questions flowing through there every day connecting people and your answer you're getting i know i mean i i've since joining arte i've i've done business with a few the a few guys in it uh 
you know, one of the guys I'm doing business with now is doing our solar on our custom homes. Now we've been trying to get a deal together. He's the largest solar manufacturer, solar company in the state of or energy efficiency company, I should say in the state of Florida and number four in the country. Oh. So, um, EHS efficient home services, shout out to Sean Henry, but, uh, it's, it's, it's a great way to kind of connect with people that you're, they're like-minded they're you can trust them. Uh, you know, it's just, nobody's trying to pitch you on anything. It's not an upsell, you know, people are just there to help each other and work with each other and just, just do good with them in the world and life and do, and it, and it kind of coaches you too. I mean, we have calls weekly with, uh, Ed and Andy and some other members too. And, and it just really pushes you in all kind of aspects of life, not just in business. Like I did 75 hard. Uh, a lot of people in the group were doing 75 hard. I finally did it at the beginning of the year and finished it uh, about a month ago now, I think. But that's that was a life-changing thing. It's just, it's if you're looking for something that kind of give you that push, I highly recommend Arte Syndicate. It's been one of the best things I ever did. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming you saw a big, de- I mean, mindset change, obviously oh, yeah. 75 hard, more of a physical change. So for those that are listening that don't know, 75 hard with program Andy for solo created, that's basically turns you into a physical beast, but I think there's a lot of mental side to it too. I haven't done it yet. I've, I've toyed with the idea, but it's, uh, it's more mental than anything. I, the more I got out of it was the mental aspect. Obviously I got physical change too. I lost like 21 pounds or 22 pounds. From wow. it. I mean, I was getting out of shape and I just kept putting it off and off and off. And it was something I needed in a lot of different levels, but also the structure of it. Like I just, you feel like you get to a certain point with it where you just feel like you can do anything because you're consistently trying to schedule these things within your day and you're busy, but you have to do them. Right. I mean, I was outside walk, doing my outdoor walk at like 1 a.m. one night just because I didn't get it in and I had to get it in. You got to get it in before you go to sleep. And I was just hoping the neighbors wouldn't call the cops. So, you know, <laughs> it, but it, it trains you to uh, the main thing I got out of it was a respect for time and my time. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you, you know, we, I don't think we appreciate the time we have as much and we don't utilize it the way we should utilize it in a lot of different ways. Cause we have so many different distractions now and it made me realize this and I got so much done. I started that card business during this time too. And I, it made me realize how much time I can accomplish things within the day without wasting it too, you know, because we blink and we're, it's, it's, I mean, it's crazy. We're already almost, it's already summer and then it's going to be fall and we're in the holiday season again. And then it's yeah. 2022, yeah. you know, it's <laughs> like the, everything just flies by. So it's all how we utilize it. So it gave me a big appreciation for time, big time. So, yeah, that's great. How is it? Um, you know, Andy and Ed, it's gotta be great having access to two really cool, amazing dudes. And then just having them, you know, talk and mentor. Uh, I mean, is that, I'm assuming, uh, that had a big impact on your businesses, your life. Yeah. Yeah. Big time because they're teaching you everything they know. I mean, they're, they're teaching you a bunch of life experience that they went within, you know, every single week. And basically, you know, it's not cookie cutter 
sell you on stuff. I mean, I've, you know, I've been a 10 X growth conference and you got your speakers, but all of them have a pitch at the end. This isn't a pitch. It's, we want to help you. That's what we're here to do. We're help. We're here to help you grow your business and that's it. We're not asking for any more money. You know, you pay for this, obviously for the development side of things and all, so on, but the price you pay for the network and all that you get out of it is so amazing. And having access to those guys, like I'm going to this event, I'm going to see them face to face. I'm going to be at first forum is the first day. I'm going to, we're going to have the first meeting there. And then the second day we go to Andy's house. So I'm going to be at Andy's house. And then the third day we go to his farm. So, and we're face to face talking. There's only 120 people, I think, going to this. And so it's a little bit more smaller event, uh, but just having that access to these guys and the network in that group. Like, you know, you yeah. talked about, you know, Wes, like he's, he's crushing it in commercial worlds. So, and, and you get around these guys that are in your, your different fields. There's a, there's somebody that is in this group that's in doing something, whether it's medical, whether it's fitness, whether it's construction, real estate development, you know, it's just yeah. nuts. So you can always find somebody that's willing to help. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So in terms of, you know, talking about mentors and just being around the right people, you, you started off to talk about working with your dad. Um, and I've heard you on other podcasts, just his influence and kind of steering you down a, a good path, steering you out of maybe going into the military, I think. And then, you know, you have a really interesting, like you're I think it's great. Like you have this trifecta of being in construction, being a realtor, being an investor. Um, but it sounds like your dad was a major influence in a lot of where you're at now, both good and bad. And I think there was also a, and I, I can relate to this and I'm going to, if you're comfortable talking about the car accident that you mm -hmm. were in early on. Um, and then I'll share mine with you because that's only fair. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, he's been a he's been a huge impact on my life. I mean, he's taught us that hard work is what you have to do to get ahead. That's it. There's no magic formula or anything to having success. Yeah. You either work your ass off or you don't. So it's just it's it's you know, the and the amount of work you put into life is what you're gonna get out of it. My dad as a kid, I didn't really see him. I always say to people though, I saw him when it mattered. You know, he was at my sport, my football games. I, I was a football player. I always looked up in the stands. My mom and my dad were there. That's what mattered to me. If he would have not have been there, then it would have been a different situation. But, you know, as kids, he was always working. And me seeing that as a kid made me kind of, I guess it, it took shape on me and made me say, okay, that's what I need to do too. And and I need to work that hard. And that's how he taught us. I mean, we had, uh, we always on week, like a lot of weekends, there was, we had to go to work while my friends were having, out having fun or, you know, here in Florida, they're all at the beach, come to the beach, man. Now I got to work. I got to go work for my dad, you know, and yeah. I'm on a construction site. That's where I'm getting my pan, you know, <laughs> on a job in the, in the hot Florida sun. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it just, it never, he never made things easy. Um, and I, now I have a even bigger, obviously as a kid, you don't really appreciate it until you get older and you realize what you went through and what you did and why, and you see it more and more the older you get. So obviously it made me have more of a respect for him and the business and same with my brother. And, uh, now we, 
continue to run the business and grow and our I have a big vision for the company. I want to be in other places in the state of Florida and that will happen. That's one of my big goals too. But yeah, um, to the car accident part of things, a little shift here. Uh, you know, I've had ups and downs. That was one of them in life. I was stupid. Uh, that was kind of one of my stupid mistakes was I was obviously alcohol was involved drinking and I was driving. It was late night. Nobody else was involved. I had a passenger with me. It was one of my, he's one of my best friends and driving. I think I looked down and then he said, Hey man, we were going, I guess I was veering off the road. Long story short, cut the wheel. Cause I was going off the road. Both sides of me were mangroves. We call them in water mangroves grow in the water here in uh, Southwest Florida. So basically if I didn't cut the wheel, I would have went right into those and that would have been an impact on a bunch of trees and been under basically been in the water. So I cut the wheel and obviously I am a big believer in God. I'm a Christian. I really believe that God put a, like had his hand on me there. Cause it does not make sense how this happened. I, the mm -hmm. truck completely, spun around there was a one little small guardrail there that's what my truck went over climbed the guardrail that stopped me from going into those trees and it was completely opposite direction so i'm going 55 miles an hour one way and i the truck completely spun around and went over a guardrail the complete opposite direction it makes no sense how it <laughs> happened if you're if you know this kind of stuff or, yeah. or or how it all works let me know but i still think yeah it was god being like all right i'm not gonna let you die today so yeah, yeah. um ended up being over a guardrail that probably saved my life and my passenger's life and uh yeah climbed out of the truck and um ended up going to jail so it, that was that kind of life lesson at that moment. And it was hard since then. I mean, I can go into how hard it was. You know, I lost my vehicle. I had no money. My dad was the type of, you know, figure it out. I was in college at the time, had to walk to class. I lived in an apartment far away from camp, not wasn't close to campus. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, I had to take a bus home to work. Uh, cause my dad's like, you got to work. You want to make money and buy a new car. You got to come home and work. Uh, you know, and I was working up there uh, where I was in college too at nighttime, uh, at bars and stuff. So, uh, it wasn't fun. He made me take a bus home. And then, uh, I remember I had to ride a bike to work at one time with the backpack with tools on the back of it <laughs> and ride a bike to a job site. Uh, so yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those life lessons in that I look back on that. I, I, I'm glad it happened. It needed to happen because I, you know, you're young and dumb and reckless. And that was one of those moments too. And I've had many of those moments, but yeah, it, wasn't fun and i'm sure people out there have had moments like that but you realize it's those choices you make kind of get you to where you are today so yeah, yeah. i i didn't want you to share that story to, out of humiliation or anything but no the, no the value fine. in yeah you know your dad saying hey get on the bike get on the bus um i i too did something similar little stupid when i was younger i actually wrecked my mom's car before I even had a driver's license. I had my learner's permit and I totally destroyed her car and I had two friends with me. And luckily 
they walked out. We were okay. I, I was pretty roughed up pretty bad, but at 15 years old, you know, it's, I learned a lot out of that experience. And I too had to get a bike to get to work to mm-hmm. repay my mom. And at the time I was horrible. Like I, I just hated it. And, um, looking back on it though, um, it's a good, it's a good learning lesson. Like if I made it through that, I can probably make it through a lot of other stuff. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's why, why I bring it up. No, it's good to bring it up too. And I've learned, I mean, I'm happy to share stuff now too, because you learn that when you share it and the public hears it too, I mean, it just, it, it makes you realize it even more of where it's brought you too. I mean, so many people are afraid to share their past experiences because they're afraid what people think, but it's like, you know, it got you to where you are. It's in the past for a reason, you know, I'm very forward thinking that happened. Uh, I changed a lot in my life and it was a hard time and yeah, I got through it and now I'm doing fine. So, and I won't be, I would definitely, I'm not going to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Lesson learned. Yeah. So, um, you're in the real estate space. We obviously already talked about that, but you're running a brokerage. You're working on building, which I've seen some of these houses, great luxury houses, um, which must be really like, it looks really fun to work on those. I've designed some luxury houses in my time. They're always my favorite thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. cause it, it's just such an inspiring type of project to work on. Um, and then you have some other, you know, you know, your fingers in some other real estate, uh, you know, investing in some, uh, home, home watch. Is that what it? Yeah. Yeah. I did, uh, started a home watch business just cause it kind of branched off of, we build the house people that were, where there's a lot of seasonal residents here. So I checked on two houses today. Uh, people are, you know, it's, they're starting snowbirds. They start yeah. heading back up north because the sun starts coming out up there. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I I started a bit, little side business doing that, and that's been good. I have about eight or ten, I have ten of them now, I think, uh, where I just check weekly for clients on houses. A uh, little side business that I started, and then. Um, yeah, my main focus now is always going to be the construction business. I do the real estate business too, but I haven't really, the main focus I've been having now, cause I was in the process of trying to go the real estate route, but then to start a real estate business from nothing, you can do it. It's, but I always, my main passion is construction. So I'm kind of sticking with where I'm at and then the real estate part of it will come too, if you know what I mean. So, uh, and hire once we grow as a construction business more, which we are, uh, right now, hire salespeople, those salespeople are part of that real estate business. So it's all going to, it's piecing together. Let's put it that way. Sure. Sure. Where do you see that going? You think you're going to stick in the the area you're in now you're expanding throughout florida is you know what do you what do you think in terms of the construction business um, i'd like i'd like to expand throughout florida i'd like to uh definitely be in more places obviously marco island naples area where we where we're at now i'd like to be in tampa i lived in tampa for a while love that area saint pete clearwater so that's 
uh, one of my goals is to get up there and build too, but I don't ever want to be track home style production style builder. I want to keep our philosophy of the custom meticulous mm. detail luxury home without, you know, going into these small production home community style building, you know? Right. So I, I want to be the largest, my main vision is just to be the largest along with, you know, my brother and my sisters with us too, and take, you know, the company my dad founded and be, have it become one of the largest luxury home builders in the state, maybe even in the country one day, long, yeah. very long-term vision. But, yeah. you know, yeah. the older I've gotten to, I've learned that it takes time and <laughs> you can't in this business too, in construction, you can't rush. I've seen builders, especially in my area, they come and go, come and go. And they're the guys that rush things. They take on 40 houses, they lose control. They, and then they're taking people's money and running up to a different part of the state. You know, that's not us. So it's just do it the right way. Take care of people and expand as you go. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a great philosophy, right? Stick with what you, you know, the quality Mm -hmm. keep the name, keep the reputation. Florida is an interesting market as I'm sure you know better than, than I would, but like there's, Lots of fluctuations there, <laughs> weather, hurricanes, all that stuff comes into it. But um, it seems like it's, you know, super, it's either hot or super hot or maybe a small bit of slow <laughs> backing off, but then it just gets hot again. So Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a different world down here. I mean, that's why we have this. It's so seasonal because everybody comes here during the winter. Yeah. Uh, the weather's beautiful. I mean, you know, up north, they got. 30 degrees or even zero degrees and snow and we got 75 to 80 degree weather and it's you know perfect so but in the summers it gets hot it's humid it's you know pushing it's 80 high 80s and it feels like it's 100 so I growing up here you get used to it I mean I get I'm used to the summers I'm used to the heat obviously got to have a good ac system uh spray foam <laughs> insulation's a plus too but yeah, yeah. Uh, in houses and it's i love it down here we deal with hurricanes that's not fun irma was the last one i had to deal with it hit us head on and it's never fun i there's there's uh, but also we deal with tropical storms and the media makes it look like the end of the world and we're in our pool you know it's, <laughs> it's, it's really yeah. category one we always like category one two you're fine three four four you start really pushing it five you're out so yeah, yeah it's just yeah, yeah. it's it's know, a you, funny it's, funny it's a different world down here and when you live here you kind of realize things uh how it really is because the news makes it seem like you know yeah. when a hurricane's hitting it's hell on earth and, and the world, no good yeah. no matter what yeah. Right. Right. How is, um, and this is because we're in related industries. So pricing of materials, getting materials, uh, really not the message of this podcast, but I'm just curious, you know, everybody that's in the, in the construction industry is feeling a little either delay pain or price pressure right now. I'm assuming you're seeing the same thing in the luxury residential space. Yeah, it's, it's not now, you know, the increases, especially in lumber, just it's crazy. Uh, lumber is the main one. I, I mean, we're getting small jumps here and there and other stuff, which comes with demand. Uh, and, and then obviously supply chain is lacking in a certain areas. Like we do high end 
Uh, so the appliances are a little back order, but you just kind of have to pivot and adjust and play to what you, I mean, you just have to deal with it, I guess. I mean, we just had a closing on a house where we're missing five appliances. So, you know, we had to get a partial CO or certificate of occupancy on the house and, and, um, to just have the homeowner be able to put some furniture in and so on. But, you know, you, you, then we had some glass, uh, some stuff with glass missing and hinges or something too but it comes we deal with it our customers know we're going to take care of them uh my advice on that end too is just get a builder that's reputable that you can trust i always talk about this because there's new guys out there they don't know how to handle this and then they can run away and take the money and run because something you know you they you sign a contract you give them final payment and then they're gone gone Uh, we're established we're not going anywhere um you know our customers know that but it's yeah it's it's different it's a different world uh dealing with supply issues is not a common thing covid really uh messed up the supply chain and in a lot of ways because of the shutdown and now it's just ramped everything up because everybody's moving and wanting to build new and build their dream home so it's just i set the expectation up front with it i just say hey we might have issues here here and here i mean i have a meeting with a guy monday i've already kind of set it through emails and writing and then Also, I'm going to meet with them and say, hey, this can increase, this can increase, this can too. It's just part of the process. And, you know, most of them that I'm working with uh, understand that they're willing to pay us because they know the quality we deliver and the product we deliver. And, you know, anybody right now that's saying, well, I can hold price on lumber, it's a death wish. So, (laughs) but there's guys doing it. And that's what I try and teach people is if they're doing that, a big red flag because yeah. something bad's going to happen or they're robbing peter paying paul to do something so yeah yeah totally i have a, a neighbor lives down the road who's uh, an electrician and he's giving prices to his gc every 48 hours for builds that are a month or two away oh. uh, just to trying to secure copper it's, yeah you know, prices up and down every day so yeah yeah it's not an interesting uh it's an interesting world to live in right now if you're trying to build something it is i get people ask me is it the right time to build i say just run off your personal opinion if you if you're not desperate and you can hold off then hold off i mean i don't know where we're going to be in the next six months uh, i don't know where we're, we're going to be in a year uh you know as things open up is production going to get better yes things are opening up little by little all over the u.s and but the problem is you know there's nothing coming out of canada and there's very little coming out of mexico and china is china so you know we're dealing with that and so america's gonna have to basically produce more uh which is not a bad thing which should produce more jobs but it's just it's up to how our current president runs everything and so on. And we see, we'll, we'll see within the next six to months to a year, we're going to see a lot. I think, uh, within the economy, there's a lot of stuff in real estate going to happen. I think in September, I had a guest on my podcast, uh, talked about that. I think it's September 21st, that moratorium lifts mm. with real estate where they were kind of that COVID relief on right. payments. So, that should be an interesting phase too. capital gain tax. Uh, they're trying to pass that now too. So that can affect markets. So we'll see, it should be an interesting run. 
There's a lot coming for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People should definitely do their research, prep themselves. I mean, I'm in a different market than uh, other people. I always say that, you know, Florida is a different world. A lot of people trying to move down here right now. Uh, we've been open forever. It seems like, you know, uh, yeah. I haven't had much lockdown. We did for a little bit in the last summer, but you know, it's, it's a lot of people coming down here. A lot of people that are just ready. They've, they've made money, uh, and they're ready to kind of have their house settle down or buy an investment, have an investment property too. And it's, it's a good thing right now. It's the construction industry. I always, we've always said, get it while you can, because yeah. it's the most up and down industry there is. So yeah, now you have to shove it through the window when the opportunities there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. If 2020 was interesting, 2021 is going to bring a whole different level of interest, <laughs> <laughs> at least in real estate. We don't have the murder hornets and all that <laughs> stuff, but yeah, it's it, real estate wise. It should be, especially if this capital gain thing happens and then the moratorium without relief. And yeah, there's just keep your eyes on some stuff because it should be interesting the next into the fall, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I know we didn't really get into it. I know you you played uh, football in college, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, football, I, I played in high school. I loved football. It's a big part of my high school life. Um, so I obviously went to college and and now you're you're in this different phase of your life. I think you had potentially the opportunity you were looking at going uh pro for baseball, if I remember if that's is that right? No, yeah, football. Uh obviously I wish I was gonna go pro. We all have that asp- yeah. aspiration <laughs> to go pro Almost. for football. Yeah. yeah. I I I wanted obviously that was my end goal. I didn't. I played two years of college football ended up getting hurt and injured and then that's when I had to make a decision to stop playing ended up moving back home and then working uh odds and basically being my dad's uh labor Mm -hmm. for a while until I got a car (laughs) sales job so right okay that's right yeah so what do you think I mean the car sales job I, I remember you talking about that and I guess where I was going with this is you had an interesting journey like we all do and then you look back on it you know 10 years later or 20 years later you're like oh that all makes sense now like you mm-hmm. you ended up at nobody's like oh, I want to go be a car salesman but you ended up there and I think it benefited you right because you you went down this interesting path you learned a lot of stuff that you probably wouldn't have learned in college Mm-hmm. Uh, if you went to the NFL, you wouldn't have learned it either. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, what would you say the value is of one, just ha- being on that journey? And then two, being where you're at now, having the, the opportunity to reflect back, what skills do you think you've obtained or things you've done that have helped you succeed that was stuff you might've not learned in school. And I, I'm thinking, you know, along the lines of, learning sales mentorship things like that it was more the sales experience of it obviously i was always good at selling i kind of grew up with that knit and that kind of they i don't know i just had it i was able to sell i was able to convince i was just i was good at selling you know in college i think i was you know, I would always find ways to make money. Um, you know, I wasn't dealing drugs or anything, but, you know, <laughs> um, but, uh, it's just, you know, I always figured out a way. And when I got back from playing football, 
you know, I could have stayed working for my dad, being a laborer, making 12 bucks an hour or whatever I was at the time, 10 bucks an hour probably. But, uh, I just, I, I wanted more, I guess I've always been ambitious. I've always wanted to make money. I was 20 years old at the time. So I was like, all right, what next? I, this was when I almost went in the military. Cause I was like, I think I broke up with my girlfriend at the time. And I was in a, just a kind of a place where I just didn't know what to do, you know? And I just had kind of no route on life. And my dad was a Marine. He was in Vietnam and my grandpa was a Marine. So I was like, I'll go be a Marine too, you know, keep it enough. And my dad said, absolutely not. After not, you know, being in Vietnam, I will not let you know it was Iraq at the time. And, you know, so very thankful in a lot of ways. I didn't do that, even though I have a big, big respect for everybody that's been in the military. Yeah, it's just, absolutely. I have a, yeah, a lot of military friends and so on. But, um, so my, my sister was dating a guy at the time. Uh, he was in car sales and he's like, Hey man, you know, why don't you try, try this out? Like, you know, you could talk to people, you're young, like, I'll get you a job at Naples. It was Naples Dodge Chrysler, uh, Mazda, Mazda random, I know. But uh, um, so I was like, yeah, you know what? He's like, you can make good money doing it. And uh, yeah, there's just try it out. And I said, you know what? Why not? Got nothing else going. Uh, if I can make stupid money, why not? And uh, so I kind of said, let's do it. He got me an interview. They hired me on the spot, started working right away, basically said, we're going to train you. They, and I thought the training was going to go a lot longer. It didn't. They just <laughs> threw me out with the wolves. I was the youngest one by far there, probably by, I want to say like 20 years was the next youngest guy. Oh, wow. me. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was an experience. And I just always remember like I had no clue what I was doing and, but I, I've always had that mindset of, I, I just, I don't want to fail. I always want to do good at whatever I do. So, and there was this one guy there and this is what pushed me. And I've told this story many times because it, it just, the guy pissed me off and it, he just wouldn't talk to me. Wouldn't even look at me. He was the top salesman in the dealership. Every single month, this guy was a top salesman. He had this log of people. He did it for a long, you know, and he, people would just come to him, buy cars. So I was like, this guy doesn't even acknowledge me. I'm going to beat this guy. I guarantee with no experience, nothing. So I went into the, they had a brochure room at the time. Not sure they even have those anymore. And <laughs> starting and I, to date yourself. Yeah. Everything, <laughs> everything's on computer now, but I went into the brochure room, grabbed every single vehicle brochure that was on that lot, everything Mazda, Dodge, Chrysler, and took them home that night. I took, I bought or that. And I also on my way home, went to Walgreens, grabbed two little notepads, uh, little handheld ones and brought those home that night went through those those brochures every detail per page was one car per page boom wrote down every single detail took those notepads to work and every every person and it was like an up system they called it so everybody got a turn we'd wait in line it wasn't first come first serve because i probably would have sold a lot more cars if it was that way because i would have been all over those old you know running by those old guys (laughs) but um so every time I get somebody flip to the page on that car and I just read it and I just read the page as I was walking around the car, they'd ask me a question and I would just look on that page and just, I know I'd have the answer. 
little by little over time, just started remembering everything, knowing it, uh, not needing those notepads and, you know, sold my first car. Boom. Right after that, it was just one after the other, after the other. Cause I knew so much about, I just learned the product hmm. and I was just good. I was younger. These people would, people were approaching me instead of the guy with the slick back hair, smoking a cigarette in the corner, you know, <laughs> drinking coffee. They wanted to deal with the 20 year old kid, younger, and I just started boom, one after the other, having a lot of success. Uh, and then all of a sudden climbing up the leaderboard, we always had meetings and my name was started going higher and higher towards the top. And one, one month it was boom, I was on top. Uh, and it was Dodge Chrysler. Next month I was on top Dodge Chrysler Mazda on top again, on top again. So I beat this guy every single month. And what do you know? He starts talking to me, comes to my desk, uh, sits at my desk. He's like, Hey man, nice to meet you. I'm, you know, I'm like, Oh, there you are. <laughs> you know, and managers started training me to be a manager. Cause they, the two managers that were there were young. It was like a hundred K a year salary, stuff like that. But I got to the point with it where it just wasn't me. The owners were great. Like, uh, they were great to me and I was smart. I took my Christmas bonus check and told them I'm going back to college. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they were a little shocked because uh, they then they said, anytime you want to come back, if that doesn't work, you got a job with us. You're, you know, you're great at what you do and so on. And that experience, though, it, it, it helped me a lot in what I do today, because I mean, I remember there was moments when I first got there, too. I've said this where one of the managers came up to me, put a bunch of phone numbers in front of me and said, call these numbers, cold call. And I've never done that before. I'm like, okay. And he's like, you're going to call them. I was like, yeah. And he goes, do it. And he just stood there. And I was wow. like, you're going to stand here. And he goes, yep. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so, you know, having that pressure being put into those situations too, I look back at it and it has helped me that have better phone skills, have better people skills, have be able to approach people, know how to talk, learn a product, learn how to, you know, I I've never done a sales course. I've never done anything. It's just natural to me. I just, I, and now with real estate and especially with construction, selling our product is, is easy to me because I have a passion for it. I know it because I grew up in it and it's just helped me keep progressing in what I do as far as real estate and construction in general and, and having the love, I didn't have a love for those cars, you know, but, um, obviously some of the cars I did, I bought one of them eventually in the future, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just getting, working and having a passion for something and it's, and doing, having that experience with that sales job, I definitely wouldn't change it for the world. So, yeah. It's it's so interesting, you know, to be able to look back on that because I would imagine most kids at that age would be like, I, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Or go into it with the spirit of, yeah, I'm just going to be in here for a, a few months and then I'll bounce and I'll, I'll you know, it's going to come in with a with a pissy attitude. And it's, it's almost fortunate that the guy treated you like a jerk and wouldn't even acknowledge you because it gave you that fuel to be like, okay, I'm going after this or you, I'm going after mm -hmm. you. Um, so that's, but look how much skill it, it developed and hard, you know, yeah, call, call these people while I sit here and watch you. That's, that's yeah. tough at that age. 
Oh yeah. 20 years old being in there. Like I said, it just, and once again, my friends are out having fun and in your twenties, that's usually when you're going worried about going out stuff like that. I was working every day, you know, on the weekends I was working, I had to be there early in the morning. It was a 45 minute drive from where I was living at my parents' house again, because obviously I was broke when I came back, got that job, couldn't afford a place to live. But that worked me up to being able to start affording things again and, and, and gave me opportunity and so on. It's just, it, I've always had to work. Uh, I've, uh, people know that even when I played football too, uh, I always had to work even Saturdays, we'd have early practice and I'd go to work. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. That's how I was brought up. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have a great family. You have my dad and my mom who pushed me, um, and so on. Cause not everybody has that, but I, also have a lot of respect for both of them too because they showed me that hard work pays off and I'm a big advocate on it I mean if if I I see it now especially like being around entrepreneurs and people making money and and having success I see how hard these people work Mm. to get to where they are and then have when I have friends that complain about I'm barely making any money or I can't afford this or I can't do this I see why now you know Mm. I see I used to say that myself, but now I don't say that I can't afford it. I can't afford, you know, it's law of attraction big time too. And like, you just see like, go, go work, go figure it out. I, I, I'm a big believer in everybody has opportunity. Everybody's dealt a hand. It's all how you play that hand. We're all dealt different hands, obviously some harder, a lot harder than others, but God gives us all opportunities. It's how we take the, those and make those choices each part of life, you have to make a choice, A or B, left or right. I mean, and one of those choices is going to make you go further in life or it's going to hold you back. So I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I think the hard work thing, unfortunately, um, these days is uh, given a bad light in, the, in society and people who work hard are frowned upon. Uh, and people are successful are frowned upon, right? They're, oh, well, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that look at like an Andy Frisella or an Ed Milet or a Grant Cardone and they're like, well, that guy doesn't work hard. Yeah. And it's, I find almost the opposite. <laughs> when you get around those people, you're like, I am not working hard at all compared oh, yeah. to what they do. Um, so it's, it's, it's true. Hard work gets you places and yeah, hard yeah. work and you have to do it. Well, it's Andy Frisella even says it. He goes, there's no magic success fairy that's going to bop you on the head and and give you everything you want. It's all the work you put into it too. And, and it's true though. I'm a big advocate on it and being around these people, but like now I see it constantly every day because my Facebook's covered with people that are constantly pushing themselves to the next level constantly in my Instagram too. It's where I can't just scroll through and, see something funny or you know st- I, I just see entrepreneurs like that's how my facebook's yeah. set now because i follow so many and it just wires me to say hey i'm not doing enough like man look at this guy and i, I don't get jealous about it it just pushes me more to do what these people are i'm like wow he's doing that i can do that too yeah. you know like i talk about like um some of the guys with the sports card things I'm seeing, he's like, you know, they're, they got, they're running six 
10 companies and then they're doing sports card companies and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I can do that too. Now I'm sitting here late nights going through sports cards, you know, <laughs> and, and, and other memorabilia trying to list it and sell it on eBay. So it's just, it's all what you put into life, man. And every people always say, I don't have time. I don't have time. And, and that was one of the things with time that I, 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 and I, I don't like that word anymore. I don't have time for that because you can find time. You could always make time. I know I don't have kids right now. I know that's a different story for those people listening with kids. But if you have somebody with you that's supporting you, that can give you that time to where you can put in the work, they can help you. They can, you know, deal with the kids and so on. That helps too. You know, sure. I got a significant other right now that helps me a lot with a lot of different things that I didn't have before in my last ex. So uh, it's just life is what you make out of it. You have the choice to do it and make those choices and produce more time. And that's what I've been doing the last three years now, I think is trying to make more, produce more and do more and get ahead. Yeah. And simple. I, I would agree with that. And I have three kids and I still figure it out. So I don't, I don't want anybody well, to, there you go. <laughs> to use the, the kids as an excuse. In fact, I use it as a driver um, and yeah. it's never perfect. And my wife, God bless her, takes care of a lot of the kids stuff. So, however, I think you're right. Once you make a decision that you're like, I'm going to do this, you can create time. Most people, I have people that work with me, work for me. And hopefully if they're listening and there's a few of them that I, we, I mentored, like they're like, I don't have enough time. I have three kids and yeah. I know some of them don't have kids yet. So it's like, what are you doing with your time? You know, people who tend to waste their time don't have time. And the people who tend to pack more and are denser with their time seem to create time. Um, and it's interesting once you change your mindset around it and you start to audit what you're doing, right? Like yeah. Just, oh, yeah. just start there. Like how much time are you on Facebook and Instagram and whatever, you know, there's so many, distractions out there so yeah it's it's the choices you make and so on and and how you go about them and it's like you know like i last night i could have done something with friends or whatever but i chose to i'd rather stay home at a video and list stuff on ebay you know like i just sometimes you have to make those sacrifices to get to where you need to be and yeah it's not and i'm not saying and where you're not saying either don't have fun and don't spend right. time with your family and just be a workaholic that's not true uh, but the time excuse most people have is just it's because they don't want to do it it's, they're just being lazy about it or they just i don't i don't know i've i see it repetitively i see it in people all the time more more and more like, uh, how do you have the time to do that? Well, I make the time. I don't need to sleep 10 hours in a night. I don't need to sit and watch Netflix for three hours of my night. I just yeah. take that time. Obviously, I spend time with my girlfriend, you know, and give her time. But then she goes to bed and then I have time to get stuff done, too. So and then there's weekends where I can dedicate time to her and, you know, how, 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 you know, too, I mean, you got three kids and that's not easy and you're doing it. You're figuring out, you're doing this podcast right now. Okay. You know, how many people are out there right now that 
would want to start a podcast, but they're saying, well, I got three kids and I don't have the time to do it. Well, you're doing it. You're prime example yeah. and you're doing your business too. So it's just, it's excuses. Just do it. That's the way I am too. And some people just don't won't, but the people that do are just going to keep getting ahead. Yeah. And I used to be that way. So I'm a, I'm a recovered time excuse person. <laughs> Me so, too. We're all been there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll but, admit uh, it. I've been, I've been there. I don't have time for that. I don't have time. You know, we've all said it. Yeah. It's priorities, right? You, you, if you truly have something you want to do, you will figure out how to create the time for it. And if you don't, then you don't care or you get lazy about it. I mean, that's yeah. what I used to do. So exactly. So before we wrap up here, um, I got one final question in a second, but where can people find you? Where's the best place to check you and your construction company and everything? Everything. I mean, you had a couple companies, so why don't you list all the, <laughs> all the spots? I, you, right now, the main website's just rkryman.com. I have rymanproperties.com, but that's going to be changing to a personal brand site mostly, uh, because that was more for finding property, but now, um, I'm doing more social media content. A lot of my people that I deal with come to me through content creation and so on. So I'm making a shift there, but, uh, the website, RK, RK Ryman.com, uh, find me on all social media, Bill Ryman. Uh, I'm Bill Ryman on Instagram. I had to put the I am in front of it because somebody <laughs> has Bill Ryman. So, uh, unfortunately, and then uh, I think Billy Ryman's available, but I, I, I've been going by Bill. It's a little more business professional. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I made that change like two years ago. And uh, yeah, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram on all those and YouTube. I'm trying to get better with that. It's just the upload time. So it's, I'm, I got to get more patient yeah. and uh, I got a podcast. Check that out. The real build podcast kind of shows you what to look for in construction and real estate. If you're looking to basically buy, build, sell rent, I've had a design. I've had every single little niche you can imagine on there. So uh, check that out as well. Great. So we'll, we'll put a lot of all that in the show notes so everybody can check that out. Um, so final question, what is Bill Ryman's potential? That's a uh, uh, endless. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's all what I, all what I make it to be. And the more I look at it, I mean, the sky's the limit. I really push myself all the time. Like I said, my girlfriend thinks I'm nuts uh, for all the stuff I do, but I do it to just get ahead as much as possible. You know, my future, I want to continue to meet people. I want to continue to, you know, do stuff like this and get on podcasts and have my own podcast. And it's a great way to meet new people too. And, you know, just, continue to grow in all aspects uh probably do 75 hard again i know he's got the the phases of it phase, but yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah i'd probably people are asking me when i'm going to do phase one and to be honest i think i'm just going to redo the program when i'm ready right now i'm just kind of enjoying my time you know i still <laughs> work out every day and so on but I, I just i push myself i'm constantly just trying to grow uh in in all ways but the business side of things like the, the construction company, you know, I had, I had somebody uh, uh, that's been with us for a while decide to leave today. So I had to pivot and just, and figure out how I'm going to fill this position. And, and it happens 
it happens in life. I didn't just sit there and hum and awe about it. And, you know, and we just, I just told her today because she gave her two weeks. I said, thank you for all you did. We really have a good appreciation for everything and I get it. I know why she's leaving because of some health stuff. And, and I was like, you know, I, I appreciate you staying for two weeks. You got to train the next person in line as much as possible and we'll get through it and move on. So it's just keeping a positive attitude, looking forward. Uh, don't look back. I'm big on that. And uh, yeah, just continue to grow as much as possible. Well, I think that's a good answer. So. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Bill. I really appreciate your time. Everybody watching, please go check out uh, Bill's podcast is an awesome podcast, great IG feed. Um, if you're remotely in the construction or real estate space, it's very helpful. I find it useful. So um, thank you for joining us and uh, be great, man. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thank you.